please be advised. Spoiler alert episode. Spoiler. Please be advised. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. Black Panther spoiler app. Spoiler app. Yeah. A little social commentary in this movie. Powered by Vibranium this episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Not just Cap Shield. No. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, this is this is movies like... I love doing the spoiler ups on the Marvels, but this movie is very significant on for more than... Yes. It's not just a great Marvel movie. It it uh, does so much more in terms of... It hit the right points, for sure. Uh, what I loved about it was... Well, let's introduce our the, guest. Let's introduce our <laughs> guest. Let's do it. Being oh. he worked on the movie. Yeah. Uh, I'll just watch you guys <laughs> yeah, talk. Just, we just wanted you to come and watch Chris and I talk. Yeah. Is that weird? Um, he's here, and he's in full uh, Black Panther regalia. Garb. Uh, he has a Black Panther hat, and show me your shirt. Uh, Wakanda forever. <laughs> this is yeah. awesome. And Black, Black Panther... Uh, crew thing on the back as well crew gear crew gear we were trying to see if he had extras to give us but he won't because no. we weren't worked on the crew and i'm like who's right. gonna know there was it's not because i can't it's because i won't yeah <laughs> <laughs> well it's hollywood yeah it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, ladies and gentlemen mr todd perry hey everyone <laughs> yeah now todd was the associate visual effects supervisor on black panther now as we know for a movie like black panther with all the visual effects there were probably like Six people that worked on that? Yeah. Visual effects? Seven, seven, maybe. I was hilariously trying to see your name in the credits, and I was like, this is never going to. I was just hoping it would come up, like, Todd Perry. 15,000 people. It went by so fast. I think I caught a glimpse of you towards, like, like, I think that I saw Todd. That's all I got to see was Todd. Why don't you explain to everybody, like, what your job was and the process and everything that, so they kind of understand. All right, so um, I was a visual effects supervisor on the facility side, which is means that um, I'm on the, the post and uh, the studios that do the effects work, um, rather than on the studio side, which is they're on set and they're working with the director and the DP and the producers and everything, and they wrangle all of the shots. So... Um, I was with Method Studios, Industrial Light Magic was another studio, Scanline was another studio. Mm. Um, there was at least five major studios and then a whole bunch of smaller studios picking up work that, uh, that was thrown in. Didn't every visual effects house get some kind of work on this movie? <laughs> it seems like it. It seemed like it, although they were probably busy on other Marvel movies like Infinity War or something like that, because mm-hmm. that, right. that's still going. And um, so I, uh, my job is to oversee all of the artists and all of the shots that we have in-house and make sure that um, everything is looking nice and everything uh, is remaining in continuity so it's not bouncing around all over the place. Uh, we also have to pay attention to the story as a whole. So every little shot is, is a story unto itself. So you kind of have to ask what's the story happening in this shot and might be well this is the one where black panther gets hit by a rhino and so we need with everything else that's happening in the shot we need to make sure that black panther getting hit by the rhino is the thing that the audience sees so we need to control some of that 
we work closely with the visual effects supervisor on uh, Marvel's End, a guy named uh, Jeff Bauman. And um, we did actually go on to set and work with them. So Marvel usually invites us out to set to work on the sequences that they're shooting that we know are awarded to us. That way we get our eyes on it, we know how they're shooting it, we have some input, um, we can mm -hmm. stop things and say, whoa, 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 can we put a green screen up behind you? Right. Mm -hmm. And um, then, uh, then we come back, they send us a whole bunch of stuff. And then you <laughs> get to get, work. And then we get to work, exactly. Mm -hmm. How long was the process for you? I started last February. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, the shoot was February, March, April. And then um, first got started coming in in May ish, and then we and just you've got kept pickup going. shots too, and all that stuff, yeah, reshoots yeah. and yep, and uh, which was at the end of October, right? Wow, that was pretty kind of wow. Close. They were shooting through the mm. end of October for a February release, um, uh, reshoot. So they shot at the beginning, cut it together, figured out what they're missing or what they needed to uh, um, to get. Then they planned for the reshoot, went back out to where they went in Atlanta and reshot uh, the stuff that they needed to put into. Now, he, here's what's amazing is that this entire movie was shot in Atlanta. Those sweeping savannah scapes, no one was there. None of that. None of this was shot in Africa. Wow. Right. So the so those the plates, uh, they had helicopter photography and reference oh plates and stuff like that. But um, all throughout that battle at the end um, was a CG build of a fictitious place in Africa. So we took a whole bunch of pieces of Africa and put them together in something that felt Including correct. the grass. Even That's the grass. amazing. So then every, so Wakanda is a soundstage in Atlanta? It was, we shot it outside. <laughs> oh. um, so it was an exterior location. So we got natural sunlight and, mm. and that type of thing. Um, which was a challenge unto itself because the sun moves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so the direction of the sun constantly changes. Uh, but everything beyond that hill was, uh, was replaced. Technically, just for the science nerds here, the sun doesn't move, the earth moves. Right, right. <laughs> Well, that's debatable. Buddy. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, the Earth is according flat, to, and the sun just grows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah yes. The, according yes. to the flat Earth yes. society, yeah, there's ice underneath it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, those folks really got their finger on the pulse. Yeah, uh, they're STEM supporters. But, but now, <laughs> when you're shooting outside like that, um, and you know, obviously, the with the Earth rotation and the sun moving, do you have to reorient the actors for a battle scene because of where the sun is? Um, no, no. I, I mean, we've been shooting movies for a hundred years without worrying about the sun continuity. People mm -hmm. don't seem to worry about it too much. They worry about like the length of someone's cigarette, right? But <laughs> uh, but as far as directionality goes, uh -huh. um, we kind of blend it together. It doesn't right. gotcha. uh, it doesn't make that much difference. We do mm -hmm. have to make sure that our sun in CG matches the same direction as the oh, plate photography. Right, And there okay. was some shooting, I think, in, in Seoul, Korea, correct? And, right, in, uh, in uh, Busan. Right. Yep. Um, so but that like, was location. Yep. So all of the interiors that, like, the lab or whatever in Wakanda. Sherry's lab, that, that was a uh, soundstage. Casino. Um, casino, I probably was a soundstage. That wasn't mm -hmm. our sequence. So um, mm -hmm. the exteriors, the roads and, and so forth were... Uh, were location, um, but a lot of it was replaced as well, like the scene going across the bridge where he smashes the 
the SUV, mm -hmm. <clears throat> the one that was in all the trailers. Right. Um, Luma Pictures uh, rebuilt that whole bridge so that they could control the the shot. This, yeah, and all the explosions. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, that's that's that's. I mean, it's so cool to hear the whole the, how much is involved when you watch those those massive movies and you see literally thousands of people in the credits. Because we were talking about yeah. the earlier episode uh, about how just production design wise, like an entire. Um, world was built like yeah. Wakanda. Once you got underneath, it felt like you know an African Blade Runner with yep. the the way it was built. Mm -hmm. And um, we actually got a, a Wakandan Bible that uh, the production designer Hannah Beachler and the costume designer Ruth Carter, um, and also the the suit designer. Um, he's a comic book illustrator named uh, Ryan Minerding. They put together this 400-page document of imagery, and wow. it was the uh, history of Wakanda, how vibranium works, what vibranium wow. looks like in all its states, um, the uh, city that, that we go through, the Golden City. They broke that up into, this is the university district, and this is the merchant district, and this is, the, even though you don't see that in the movie, it's building the history of the entire that stuff community. is so important. And when we do, when we talk about movies on this show that we're like, oh, it just failed, it missed the mark, it didn't, you know, they didn't do that much work, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, the movies that you're like, oh, they just slapped together, I'll just make uh, make it look like this, you know. Mm -hmm. And you're like, whereas when you watch me, go, well, there's an attention to detail. You know, there's so much stuff that you aren't even aware of that there's a university district of Wakanda, right. <laughs> but that's what good filmmaking is. Yeah. It's all of those little things that add up. It's like a good actor like that has their whole backstory in their head. It's not in the script. It'll right. never come out on camera, but the actor does that, so they're bringing a full three-dimensional person to the screen. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what counts. Yep. You know? And because Wakanda is, is essentially a character, not trying to be cliche about it, but it is, and it represents um, what... Uh, Ryan's been and the production designer. It's Afrofuturism, so it's this idea. It represents an idea that a society can evolve technologically and so forth, but it doesn't have to lose its tradition. So all of the design work and and so forth has. What was that word that uh, they made up? Afro. Futurism. Afro, Afro futurism. Yeah. If, you, if you look it up, <laughs> yeah. it, it'll, be out, it'll be out there now. But it's anyway. Ryan yeah. Cogler who did Fruitvale Station. He did Creed. Creed. I mean, this is like, mm -hmm. uh, it, it also gives credit to Marvel puts the right director for, for the, the right, right project every yeah. time. I mean, mm -hmm. it's like to then come in with this, this, you know, to take what Stan Lee wrote in the late 60s and put the modern version of it. This is what Marvel's so good at. They they hold true to the, the source material, but then realize that's a comic book. This is a different medium. And how can we expand on it? How can we, you know, uh, build this world that visually is amazing, that says all of these things? It's it's so it's so fantastic. Yeah. Um and it was just it was so cool to see. Um so let's let's get in, let's get yes. into the movie. So now the um one of the things that we want to talk about is the social commentary in the film. And what I really liked about it, I really was hoping it wouldn't take the easy way out. Because a movie like this, like, oh, the bad guys is trying to arm poor black communities to basically overthrow 
um, oppression, and then everything will be ruled from Wakanda. Okay, that's the bad guy. With take over the world. Got right. it. Got it. But you know, he has a point about you know the oppression and the social injustice and everything that's been going on for for the years. And holding Wakanda uh, accountable. And holding Wakanda accountable. Like that was so intriguing right. to me. And then the fact that he's Wakandan. Yes. That that Michael B. Jordan's character was Wakandan, and he's like, you guys have have kept this technology, and it's a and it's an it's a it's a debate within the Wakandan yes. hierarchy, right? Yeah. Of like, oh well, that's not our problem, and it's a lot of that's not our problem. Right. It's not a problem. You know, Why we're, we're here it? to we're here to you know take care of Wakanda. You know, that's the outside world. We don't deal with that. Yeah, right. and mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan goes, "There's two billion black people on the planet that could use your help." Mm-hmm. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and it was like, wow, it was it was so intriguing, and it, and it's like because so then Michael B. Jordan isn't just. Oh, bad guy wants to take over the world. You're like, mm. he's kind of got points. a point. It's, yeah. it's like it's like Ra's al Ghul in, in the Batman Begins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's corruption is awful. I'm sorry. You know, like his version it's is got to be cut out as a, like a cancer. Yeah, mm. it's extreme. But or like or even the Joker in Dark Knight when he there's that scene where he goes, um, oh, don't talk like them. You're not like them. You're not like them. You and I are both the same. You know, right. like mm-hmm. and it's like. The Joker's got a point, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you're you're both wearing costumes. You're both wearing costumes. You're both mm-hmm. beating people up, mm-hmm. and and this Michael B. Jordan, I was like, wow, I'm siding with him a little bit because I, you know, when I in in the middle of the movie, I'm like, yeah, man, that's messed up. They have all this money and all this power. They could have helped all these people, and instead, mm-hmm. they just kept in their nice, rich, gated community, right? Yeah, and didn't help anybody out. No, so it's a commentary. On... They literally hid inside a tree <laughs> dome. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And let the rest of the world believe that they're a primitive culture. Right. When they are mm-hmm. the most advanced culture on the yeah. planet. And you yeah. also show, like, the specifics. Like, you get to see the specifics of the advancements. Um, everything from transportation to medical. Like, how many lives could have been saved just with the medical technology alone? And uh, and the easy way out, too, of the movie. We're like, well, Wakanda is just this um, African nation. It's We're going to keep our secret. We're going to hide. And, um, you know, Black Panther says, no, now we're going to open this up to the entire world and actually do the uh, do the right thing. Well, it's a great battle or debate. His best Mm -hmm. friend kind of sides then with Michael B. Jordan. Right. right. Turns on him. Turns on him. And and, And he's not he doesn't do it for money. He doesn't do like there's no some there's no petty reasons. And he's kind of like your dad. Screwed up. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, so then... There was one, uh, the catalyst of that, too, was the killing of uh, Claw. Right. Because like, that, uh, that was the promise that he made to his, his friend, right. and he didn't do it. But then uh, Michael B. Jordan's character, um, uh, Killmonger, Killmonger, he actually delivered him. So I'm like, all right, well, you know uh-huh. what? Thanks for the gift. I think we're going to listen to what you have to say. And... <laughs> The challenge still, I get the challenge for the crown. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's still he's still part of that. That's still part of his his bloodline. So even deeper than that, that means that that Eric Killmonger represents African Americans who have been pulled from Africa and separated and left. So there was a the point where Killmonger uh, goes into the ancestral plane and sees his father. And his father says, uh, they're going to treat you as an outsider. They're going to think that you're lost. And he says, well, maybe it's the country that's lost, and that's why they can't find us. And um, and Kugler is, and, and also um, his co-writer, who I'm missing the name of. Joe Robert Cole? 
Yeah, so so they're injecting every single. It's actually even more stuff more writers on there. There's a couple more. Um, they uh, two more credits. Interesting, because they're the primary ones, but they're mm-hmm. they're injecting um, so much meaning into everything about it. So, Killmonger represents the the American the African Americans mm-hmm. who are pulled from from their culture, and they can't really find their way back. And then you have parallels to the United States because Wakanda is an isolationist and they're protective. And Wakabi says, well, they're also a rich nation, rich and technologically Mm -hmm. powerful. Mm -hmm. And uh, Wakabi tells tells T'Challa, if you start bringing in refugees, then they bring their problems. Yeah. And then, Mm -hmm. and that argument, there's no mistaking. What they're trying to sure yeah compare <laughs> no there. that's uh, that was that was pretty on the nose well that was great too and it also is showing you know it's it's the argument of you know so America is the richest country in the history of the world and the uh, wealth inequities are greater than they've ever been mm-hmm. and America you know has all this poverty all this crime and then the the wealthiest people ever are living here and what could they do? It's, it was like the one percenters could, they did it. There's 62 wealthiest people on the planet have as much money as the bottom three and a half billion people on planet earth, right? Yeah. And they, they, they literally have combined trillions of dollars. If this 62 people were to give away half of their money, they would all still have hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars each. They could l- raise up the bottom half of the planet's life. They could change people who are in destitute poverty and slavery type situations and awful. These 62 people in real life could change the entire face of the earth by just giving away their money and helping people. And they don't want to. And so this movie, I was like, damn, I love what it's saying. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's, uh, I, I love the, uh, the conflicted soul of Wakanda. And that's really what the movie was about. Mm-hmm. Like, are we going to help people? Are we going to stay isolationist? Uh, are we going to use all this power, technology, and wealth to help people, or are we we're not going to? Although I will say that, uh, um, you know, I liked the villains a lot in this movie, almost like more than the heroes, yeah. <laughs> because they were really interesting. <laughs> uh, especially like the backstory of Mike of Killmonger, like you wonder, like, well, if T'Challa's father had taken him off that basketball court after killing his father, taking him back to Wakanda what might have happened, right. what if he would have raised him. And the other, uh, uh, I love U- Ulysses Claw. God, that's just the crazy arms merchant with the uh, gun hand. Yeah. I'm like, I was kind of sad to see him die because he was such a fun <laughs> He died character. kind of early, but, yeah, it, was, but yeah. it was, I loved him because he was very much kind of a MacGuffin. Because mm-hmm. you thought the whole movie's going to be about getting him. him back and right. getting him back there. No, the we got trial. him done. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what it's really about. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Andy Serkis, Andy Serkis plays a lunatic so well. Yeah. So that's great. Good. He's yeah. such a great bad guy. We yeah. were going to say, like, he, he does great even not mo-capped. Yeah. So. yeah. He, no, he's a, he's a good actor. Yeah. He and uh, and and Martin Freeman are the Tokian white guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we were talking about the regular episode. I mean, I love Martin Freeman. And I understand. Yeah, I forgot they were both in uh, Lord of the Rings and uh, yep. The Hobbit. Yeah, I, I understand <laughs> that, that. Like, it makes sense to have a CIA guy in the plot, but I almost felt right. a couple times like, 
they shoehorned in the white guy like so we don't want to bum out white audiences i don't care mm. i think i think the that type of white person that's going is already offended at this movie so fuck them yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like if you like comic book movies it, like, do, like it doesn't it, matter. You, your ethnicity doesn't matter. You're just like, this movie's awesome. The yeah. CIA operative, like, in the weapons deal, like we were talking about before, made sense. But, like, to, when he started hanging around, I'm like, now he feels kind of shoehorned in a little bit. And why bit. does like, he need to ride the plane? He yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is, uh, Everett is part of the um, the Black Panther mythology through, mm-hmm. throughout the comic books. He's basically... Uh, the Felix Leiter to James Bond. Uh, right. he, mm-hmm. he is the envoy of Wakanda to the United States. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how, what he becomes anyway. So that, it could be a little more set up in this movie sure. with that character that where, you know, we'll see him again and it'll have probably a more pivotal role right. in, in but, Black Panther. Is Black Panther 2 been announced yet? No, no. I, I, think every, I think everybody's asleep and resting <laughs> <laughs> after delivering this one. <laughs> it's going to be announced soon. Yeah. <laughs> the box office receipts are still coming in. Right. This yeah. announcement's coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to wait a little bit, see how well it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My other little... Again, I love this movie. I love what it said. I love mm. the. I loved all of this stuff. But in in honor of it being a spoiler app, I got a nitpick. The one little scene that that I when he when Black Panther uh, comes back, when Chadwick Boseman comes back and he meets his sister, and there's a little sibling rhyme, and she flips him off. I was like. They're raised. This don't that that I was like. They're not American suburban kids. They're raised in a royal. They would never do that. These kids are raised to like they're highly educated. It's all about serving their their king and their queen and their Wakanda. I was like that would never happen. Or make it like a Wakandan bird. Like it's a different. It's no, a different they would <laughs> never do that. Like I hate it when they say, "Oh, they all oh, all teenagers act this way." No, they do not. This is a spoiled American thing. People who are born into service of of a royal lineage are not they're not doing that so anyway this is just my it's, it's like when i hear astronauts argue it fucking drives me goddamn crazy but i let it go and it was the rest of the movie i love she was her character was really interesting. We should make a list she of your super triggers. Fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> astronauts, astronauts arguing. Astronauts. Oh, God. It's just like, you know, it's just so it yeah. just feels like a yeah. But I love the movie. Yeah. Um, I love to the the with the, the all the different tribes. They explained the history and the warring and then the, that opening credit thing. There, there's yeah. always the uh, yeah, yeah. the one uh um, you know, the one renegade tribe and like, yep. oh, I know we're going to see them again. Right. You know, <laughs> but the way that guy came back, I liked him. Now, you know, what, he was defeated in the in the challenge. Right. And then so when he comes back and there's some funny scenes, too, they 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 did that thing that Marvel is so good at the comedy. And this is the other thing, too. The flipping of the finger didn't feel consistent with the rest of the sense of humor of the movie. That's just mm-hmm. that's and it's like astronauts arguing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was like. The humor of the renegade dude when they go back to him for help, right? When right. they get out of right. there after Michael B. Jordan takes over. Yeah. M'Baku. M'Baku. Mm-hmm. And that some of the stuff, the, the, the jokes he makes or whatever, when they're like explaining to him. Was it a fair fight? Well, it sounds like he got defeated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. that shit was hilarious mm-hmm. and felt 
completely uh, justified and motivated by his character and that tribe. And right. then when they came back, I'm like, all right, he's coming back. Like, this is rad. Yeah, like, and, it was predictable and, and in the great, in the best way. And speaking of nitpicking, that's a great point of like, uh, you know, his, the last words he said is, I'm not going to help you. Right. And then the next time you see him is like, he's bringing his army down right, and right. he helps them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're like, no. well, when, what changed his mind? <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to you this about this, uh, Todd, because one of the, the things that I loved in the depiction of technology that we've never seen before in Wakanda. Right. When they're doing that in the opening scene, the, um, they're, uh, going to sculpture sculpture thing. That's like, what house did that? Yeah. Uh, I think it was perception. Mm -hmm. Perception also did a lot of the, um, initial, look development for all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So there's always a foundation of um, it's vibranium. So it's based on sound and vibrations and, and things like that. And so um, anytime that we could, we incorporated these things called cymatic patterns, which happen if you take a, uh, like a dish of water and put it on top of a speaker and you mm -hmm. change the frequencies of the, you see the frequencies moving through the water. So that drove a lot of the technology, any kind of blasts, um, anything like that had these cymatic patterns throughout it. But the sand is a different state of vibranium. So that drives um, their little hologram things. And so that incorporated itself into the opening sequence. And then the the closing the sequence was so awesome well. how they yeah, described, cool they used too. that stuff to describe it and how it showed. And then when they're like, in the ship looking at the caravan and then that stuff that vibranium whatever stuff pops up and then he picks up one of the car trucks I and, know, opens and cool. looks into it i was like <laughs> oh my god that was so like oh it's technology we've never seen before it was right. so cool how it was done yep yep and the holograms were supposed to be um basically grounded in this in the sand stuff so that we didn't get to a light-based hologram which is what we're always used to mm -hmm. so when those holograms form they're coming out of sand so the idea is is that they wear these beads around their hands if you watch the movie again you'll notice all the characters have these beads and those are compacted uh, uh, vibranium sand so the bead comes out and then it dissolves and forms into into the hologram so all this of that all stuff is, is this right? Uh, yeah, the, I, I never got that on the first uh, I viewing I kind of got it but it, it's that thing we've talked about numerous times in this show when the science in science fiction is like based in something and more importantly, we all, we always get so mad when they establish a science fiction rule in a movie and then bail on it. Right. Mm -hmm. They never did that in this film. It was, it was like even that explanation, which I didn't realize that, but subconsciously I was like, I bought it. Every time that happened, I was like, oh, it totally makes sense. This is how they communicate. This is their holograms. They have vibranium technology. Like it right. all, it now, all made sense How did to me. Ulysses Claw get his uh, arm gun? Because he uh, said he got it from Wakanda. It's a it's a mining gun. Oh, not uh -huh. a mining gun. It's a it's a mining uh, tool mm -hmm. that he changed to be a weapon. Uh, uh, that's the background behind it. Mm -hmm. um, he lost his arm in Age of Ultron, but right. Uh, that's what he replaced it with. Mm -hmm. And I love the relationship with Lupita Nyong'o mm -hmm. and Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, because she's not she's not um, uh, his his sidekick she, she, or, or his I mean he fawns over her but she's such a strong character 
that it, she doesn't fall into the girlfriend's. Well, she's the spy. Mode. She's the spy. Oh, mm-hmm. That's so great. He says, he says, there's one line in there, and I'm, I forget it's specific, but I'm paraphrasing. Is like, well, your stubbornness is why you will never be queen. And she goes, my stubbornness is why I would be a great queen. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I was like, damn. And then she's like, well, if I wanted. Yeah, if, if I, I wanted, wanted to be a queen. And, and like you say, Todd, that's such a great point. She wasn't written as the girlfriend, right. the mm-hmm. love interest. You're like, no, she's a badass character. These two have feelings for each other. Mm-hmm. And the way that's handled, and she's like, uh, I don't need a man. Right. I, I'm not like, oh, I can't wait to be a princess. She's just like, I don't know if it's going to work out between us because my job <laughs> is out there. It's more important. Right. Like that, that was, I was, that's right. so awesome. And the same tension happens between Akoya and Wakabi. You barely get a, a gl- glimpse that, that they have a thing going. But at the end, when he's writing the rhino down and she stands in front of it, and then he says, would you kill me? And she says, for Wakanda, without question. Mm-hmm. So, so there's no. Right. It was so mm-hmm. like, I'll do anything for my man. And she was like, no, mission, <laughs> mission first. I'll do anything for Wakanda. I was like, that was such a badass character. Yeah. She was so great. And, and, and just from an acting standpoint, when she's delivering that line, it's a great close-up. You see just, she, yes, she loves and cares for this man that comes across her face very quickly and mm-hmm. then Wakanda first. Right, like right. you see all of that in her face. I was like, oh God, that was <laughs> such a great scene. And you know what? That's the thing. Why, if she would have gone, oh, I'll save you, I would have been like, Man, a warrior wouldn't have done. You know what I mean? I would. It would have been wouldn't my. Have been it would have been that. my astronaut argument. You know, yes. I would have been like. So they all stayed consistent with this. With the characters. With the characters yeah. and mm-hmm. with Wakanda and what this fictional, royal, you know, super society, superhuman, right. super this this advanced race with all of this technology right. and all the mistakes that they made. Yes, including the ostracizing of the uh, the fifth tribe. Right, you yeah. know the uh, the gorilla tribe. I will say the that. Jabaris. Yeah. They called it uh, the Gorilla City, home to the uh, man apes Jabari tribe. Yep, was originally set in a rainforest, but Ryan Coogler felt that was too obvious and suggested it move to a snow covered mountain. Not so to be confused with the uh, DC Comics Gorilla City, uh, <laughs> because they I think each one has their own Gorilla City. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> well, let's let's Different talk mountains. about the ending a little bit because I did I did so so which one. Oh, <laughs> well, the the main one, I guess, where Chadwick Boseman comes and says, goes, talks, I think it's at the UN where he yeah, says, yeah. we're going to, we're going to give this technology. We're going to help. And then you see him back in Oakland saying, we're building our first thing here. Right. Mm-hmm. Vice versa. You yeah. were in Oakland first. Oh, right. That's right. And then you go to the UN. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, but that was, uh, originally that was much more expansive. Like you saw mm-hmm. all of what Wakanda was doing for all of it, like, Making wells for wasn't that one of the stingers? The uh, or the uh, the extra scenes? No, the UN was an, was a post credit scene. Yeah, the right, UN was the post credit right. scene. Right, the, right. So um, that one was a scene that I thought, well, that could have been a more expansive scene as part of the film. Yeah. Why do you Is, think... was that originally the plan? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Oakland thing was a was a last was a later addition because they mm. I, I think that they wanted to make the help more personal um and so before it was we're helping all of the world and now it's we're starting here start block well that's the that's and the that's the old block, old block, adage block. start 
start in your own backyard, you right. know, block, by block, block by block. And then that awesome scene where the kid, the young kid is like, <laughs> he sees the who super, I mean, oh, who are you? That was like, <laughs> yeah. that was awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then his sister is like, she's going to tell all these young kids what's up. She's mm-hmm. going to show them the technology. So what was the extended UN scene? Like you said they would get into more specifics. Um, it, they originally, you had the, the one of the other white dudes um, in the UN thing say, you know, no offense, but what can Wakanda, a, a farming community, right, help right, right. the rest of the world? And then you just get a smile from Chadwick Boseman before they like beamed in all kinds of footage into everybody's computers and everything showing all the ships and, oh. and the city and, and all of that kind of stuff. And then, um, then it, it expanded to a montage of of uh, helping out different countries in, in different ways. So that got scrapped. Yeah, it got, it got minimized down to basically a Chadwick Boseman smile. Was it minimized because <laughs> it feels now that you explain it, it goes, I feel like I like the minimization was because, oh, we'll see all this. We don't want to tip too much for a sequel. Was it that was the reasoning or do you know? Maybe it also could be running time. It right, also could right, be they right. wanted to, um, if you notice all of the the storytelling and the dialogue and so forth is really quite minimal. There's no huge, uh, you know, David Mamet monologue type things where I'm explaining right. everything. Right. Um, and it starts out with uh, T'Chaka, um, T'Challa's father, coming to visit his brother in Oakland. And uh, he says, the dialogue goes, how is it back home? Well, it's not so good. We had this guy come in and steal this stuff and explosions and death and and so forth. And he doesn't say, and I'm blaming you. Mm -hmm. It just goes back to his brother and his brother says, why are you here? And then he says, because I want you to look me in the eye and tell me why you betrayed Wakanda. So all of that exposition that could have been there as dialogue was uh, compacted down to basically three sentences. And that happens a lot. There's a lot that goes unsaid and remains in the in the subtext, so that you right. can kind of fill in the gaps. Well, it's I more efficient love... screenwriting. Well, it's more efficient mm-hmm. fe- screenwriting, but it's also that to me, I like that when filmmakers do that because this is this is filmmaking movies, especially a movie like this, which I saw on an IMAX screen. And we'll get into the framing in a sec because I, I want, I want <laughs> you technical, to I want you to explain that. Mm-hmm. But like <laughs> that to me is good. You shouldn't. There's an old story like Steve McQueen when he would do scenes with people, he would cut so much of his dialogue because mm-hmm. it's facial expression. It doesn't need you don't need to sit there and over explain everything. Right. You know, and that to me is the beautiful the beauty of the medium of film is these uh, these actors and these writers and these directors get to convey all this stuff in these in these you know, on a 40-foot screen, a just a slight emotional anything is so like oh it's so powerful when when executed correctly so i'm actually that's great i love hearing that's another reason why i love this film because it 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 conveyed so many intense and complex things because like we talked about it wasn't just clearly good guy bad guy there's very complex things you kind of understood everybody's side in this a little bit right right and uh or or some ideas are encapsulated into one phrase so uh, when in the museum when killmonger says uh um, how much did you think your ancestors paid for this? 
Or you oh. think they got a fair price, I think is so what the name is. And it just, he doesn't explain, well, the British Empire went around. Slavery and, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, he just says. Just one little thing. And then another one is uh, when she's starting to um, feel the effects of the poison in her coffee. He's like, you've been, you've been watching me ever since I walked in here, but you don't even pay attention to what's in your coffee or what you're putting into your body, which is also them pointing out you guys are judging someone on their looks and you're so focused on it that you're not aware of the dangers that are actually but really around. she was right she was right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but, a good no but, but I, there's I, a social commentary I love yeah. within within <laughs> that little phrase Sure. I mean, Absolutely. it's a big social comment. You talk about America, you know. And it's such a succinct phrase. Oh. Like like the whole movie, like you're saying, is like is full of those like little just nuggets that get the point across in the least amount of words right. possible, which is really interesting. Right. We yeah, it was maintain the lie. Right. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it was so great. It was like all this this great social commentary. Except on... Ulysses Claw talked a lot. He, he, was, uh, too, he, he was super chatty. He was, yeah, he was. <laughs> and, uh, but but it fit him. Like it, he you, would you, be. You could see him uh, running his mouth. And he was mm-hmm. just, he was, he was, he was sort of, I mean, he was two dimensional, but in a good way. Not in a like, right. oh, lady, but like, Oh, we just need a crazy fucking wingbird. Yeah. You right. know, we just need right. a goddamn wingnut bad guy <laughs> that we're gonna hang this MacGuffin on. Mm-hmm. And then when he goes away, it's like, oh. And then we get into the meat of it. Like it was, I, I mm-hmm. loved that. And something about uh, Claw and and Ross, as far as their representation of of the the white society. And I picked up on this with the first trailer because the first trailer opened up with that dialogue between them and Claus saying, um, uh, talking about Wakanda. <clears throat> so Claw represents the white society that wants to subjugate, oppress, mm-hmm. take the resources of um, the, the African continent. Ross represents the ones who misunderstand who, who they are. They have nothing against them, Nice people, but they're farmers, and right. so it, it's more of a um, almost an entitled liberal stance of of we're going to uh, we're going to accept them, but the, you know they're just them, and then the other guys are like we're going to take advantage of them. So those two characters represent those two sides of, so of that had to society. be that had to be intentional. I, I'm almost certain of it, of and that's why it yeah. opens that that trailer. Okay, and everyone, you know, lost their minds. They're like, "Why? Are, this is not a black movie. Why are they start out with the white guys?" Well, this is why because it's representing how white society views right this. They're, they're both. They're both. They both both view them negatively right the liberal thinks they're viewing it but it's very condescending like well the blacks aren't as smart or as so we have to help we have to help them. we have to help yeah. them you know and it's white this, man's burden yeah <laughs> and so yeah. it's like I, I i love that and then i love like claw's dead and ross is just this sort of bumbling clouseau type guy yeah you know, who's like, he wants he, to help. He could, he could fly the virtual plane. Okay. He could fly the virtual Barely. plane. Barely. But he was like, That's so. because he's a pilot, though. Because yeah, she, he was a pilot. And she made the uh, the sand pilot cockpit the the way right. that his 
so he could fly it. She had to dumb it down for him. Yeah. <laughs> like when he got to Wakanda, you know, he was the big arrogant CIA guy. Like, right. okay, little poor tribal people. He's the colonizer. He's the colonizer. Right. And then when he gets there. <laughs> that was there, funny. They called him colonizer. <laughs> and then he gets there. He's like, oh, Jesus. And Which is even more appropriate being he is really British. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's just... He could relate. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 um, I, liked, I, I liked so much of the social commentary. I, I just... It was fantastic. I'm loving to see more and more of a... Well, it's interesting how a movie like this could have gone too far in either direction. It could have been an empty, CG-filled, just like action fest. Missed opportunity. Or it could be like so heavy with the social commentary that you're like, oh my God, we right. get it. Like like it was... It... Like Avatar. Right. right. Which was visually amazing, but was so just like... Like I was expecting, it. it was one one frame away from just protect the environment flashing <laughs> right, on the goddamn right. screen, you know, where this was like, so like you say, so succinct. It was so, they didn't have this long explanations right. verbally. They, they just handle everything. You're like, oh, got it. Boom. Love right. it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, was, I like how it showed Wakanda was not perfect. There was a lot of mistakes that the kings made, that the society right. made. All and, of his ancestors, and he calls them out. Yeah. And yeah, says, he calls all them out. Like, I'm not won't... gonna, I'm not gonna die here. I'm gonna go back and fix your shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which was like, what an amazing leader. That's what. A, that's the other thing too that was so great. If you want to show that, like, the Black Panther is, and this incarnation of him is, he's the best leader. If he's able to call out his dad and ancestors when he goes back into that plane, that that subconscious the plane, the spirit root, the plan. spirit plate, you know, when he when he makes that spirit Skype call, right. whatever, yeah. I was like, that's a leader because you a good leader learns from your mistakes. A good leader doesn't just blindly say, well, I'm right. Shut up. Everything. Well, this is what we've always done. This is what we, right. yeah. This oh. is what we've always done. And, and always... that's his art because the first time he goes to the um, ancestral plane, he bows down and he says, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't be without you. What? How am I supposed to do this? And then you get the first little nugget of, of you're a good man and it's hard for a good man to be king. So now, now that set up the stakes that he's going to be faced with a bunch of stuff. He didn't realize that he would have to face his own father's lie. But when he comes around, he's gone through that arc and now he mm-hmm. knows who he is. And it sets up the thing. I mean, it plants a little seed of like, oh, so the only way for he to, him to be a good leader is to be a bad man? Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is like... Or it's, it, it will it will question his morals. Right. He'll have to start making those concessions, those ethical concessions when you're a leader. Right. Mm-hmm. And... He doesn't. He's faced with all of these things, but he doesn't. Yeah. It's sort of like like Luke Skywalker defies Yoda, and he's right. I got to go back and save my friends, and Yoda and Obi Wan are like, "No, the Emperor's gonna win." Yeah, right. Nope. <laughs> you know, he did what was right. He did the morally right thing, even in the face. He didn't listen to Force Ghosts. No, right. he didn't listen to Force Ghosts, <laughs> and none of these guys listen to their spirit realm Force Ghosts, <laughs> no. and they they. So that that was that was really cool, yeah. and and I mean, I I'm trying to think of a superhero movie that had this many strong independent women. Other oh, than the, Wonder Woman. Other than Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Right. The, obviously Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Yeah. But and like the, if the Dora Milaje were against the Amazon, that would be yeah. a pretty <laughs> pretty fun fight. Yeah. <laughs> but they were like, yeah. And their sense of duty and and not needing a man and not needing a relationship, but still wanting love like still having love and 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 sense and femininity, but 
then can fucking whoop your ass. Mm. It was so rad, man. Yeah. It was so badass. And then Shuri is the smartest, uh, by Marvel's terms, um, they say Shuri is the smartest uh, character in the Marvel universe. Really? So she is, uh, she gives Tony Stark a run for, for his money. And in fact, there's a little shot in, in Infinity War where uh, uh, Iron Man's suit starts forming on from a kind of a collar piece. So it's like, ah, I bet you Shuri was having a little chat yeah, with, I might have, uh, with Tony Stark. Oh, that was the other thing, the Black Panther. Well, the other thing, so then, awesome. that, <laughs> yeah. that, then that makes it a little even uh, less likely that she would have given the finger. <laughs> see, see what I'm saying? Do you see my point? Do you see my point? That's my well, one. She's, yeah. Maybe she has a little bit of, of Stark snark in her. It's, <laughs> That's my point. That's, uh... I'm still thinking about astronauts arguing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're right. Astronauts shouldn't argue. They don't argue. They're stuck in space stuck together. In space. They didn't ar- The actual Apollo 13 Unless mission. one of them's Russian. <laughs> and then there's a, yeah. Right. Played by the dude from... From Fargo. Um, <laughs> all right. Anything else? I think we uh, uh, we thoroughly covered this movie. Wanna, the way it looked, how the IMAX way it works. Felt. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I saw the movie in IMAX, and yeah. then before we started recording, Todd, you were telling me the fra- the framing is so right. different. So, so the mm. movie um, is intended to be seen in a two four zero aspect ratio, so kind of a cinema scope type of aspect ratio. So most of the movie is like that. Mm-hmm. But then there are scenes in IMAX where they expand that up to a more like a, a 4-3 aspect ratio to fill the IMAX screen. Mm-hmm. So um, I know the last act did that. So it, it does it subtly so that you don't, it doesn't just go boop. But during a cut or something like that, it moves into this big IMAX version. Mm-hmm. Of the of the scenes, which kind of so you get more information on the screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So are you saying I need to see a regular version to see the full frame? No, vice versa. You saw the full frame. Ah. Uh, and so uh, the Blu-ray people and the people at the normal theaters will get the two four zero aspect ratio throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. So there's just more stuff at top and bottom. There's more stuff that we had to worry about. Mm-hmm. Nice. And that's just at the uh, in the battle sequences at the end. Uh, I know that for sure because it was our sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it it may have been in Busan because that's a pretty big set piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so the big battle sequence at the end that was your company's. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was some intermixed scene of of that. We took the the majority of it, um, and then uh, ILM had the chase through the Golden City. Mm-hmm. And then uh, um, when the fight goes down into the mine, that went to double negative. So we kind of we have the shot where he tackles them, and then he, they're falling and they're fighting as they're falling, and then they hit the tracks, and then it cuts to double negative shots. So we were like cutting back to back with another mm-hmm. facility. So there's a lot of shared stuff going on between the the studios. Like mm-hmm. we developed the um, Black Panther's suit, Killmonger's suit, and then we passed that to everyone else who, who needed it. So um, anytime you see those suits, they're completely replaced all the time. Oh, oh wow. Um, cool. And some of it was because uh, on set, when you're doing stunts and stuff, the suits get damaged, they rip, stuff right. like that. Um, but also, once we started getting into it, the suits evolved. 
and they changed their design. And so that made it so that it was required that every suit was uh, was replaced later. Nice. Mm. And um, well, I, I, yeah, this, I got to see this right. movie again. So, <laughs> so I'm I love it. Three I, white I, guys I enjoy it. talking yeah, about it. Yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> it was like there's there's it's a great film. First and foremost, it is. it's 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 fun, great Marvel. It's a it, like all good Marvel movies. It's very unique in its genre, yet still fits right. in the Marvel universe. Right. And we're going back to Wakanda for Infinity War. There's yeah. a giant oh, yeah. sequence. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we had to share stuff with them too. Yeah. Oh. It's like, oh yeah, that movie. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's so cool. So yeah, and then the social commentary yeah. and um, 95% of the cast is black. It was, it was. I mean, I just love it. It was, it was great. It was like when I saw Wonder Woman, I was like, finally, yeah. finally. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. let's make this, ha let's, this, this, this there's, there's plenty of room for this, yeah, yes, it'll be the same with uh, with Captain Marvel because it'll be the first Marvel solo female superhero. Good, right? And so there will be a lot of emphasis on it. That was time. the one thing DC got right; they got the first one out of the gate. They did. <laughs> That's where they beat Marvel. That's where they beat Marvel. Yeah. But yeah, this is great. See, so, see the movie. Can't cool. wait to hear your guys' comments on it. Yeah, put them on the YouTube page and the Facebook and and all that other stuff. So Todd, where uh, where can people find? Oh wait, oh you know what we didn't do? The, our Patreon sponsors. Oh yeah, snap! Uh, the Audacity Performing Arts Project, a nonprofit working to bring after school performing arts programs to public schools. The Audacity's primary goal is to serve those schools who cannot afford their services. They rely on community donations to keep the programs alive. CFN fans who support Audacity with a $25 donation, normally 30, receive an amazing Audacity t-shirt. That's cfnaudacityperformingarts.org to learn more. And also, supplyanddemandinvesting.com. Because planning for retirement should be as easy as planning your next vacation. It just takes longer. $50 a month on the Patreon will read your business and website every episode. Yep. It is the best advertising deal on the face of this earth. <laughs> yep. Um, take so, advantage of it. Take advantage of it. Uh, yeah, Plug Todd, it. Plug it. <laughs> Book it. Mm -hmm. uh, Todd, where can people find you online? Can they see your work? Follow you on the social media? Um, uh, I am Offer you money for that cool Black Panther hat? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wonder if I could get in trouble for that. I was selling swag. Um, I'm sure you wouldn't be the first one. Probably not. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at TeaspoonVFX. And um, and I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. Um, same, same credentials. Uh, I do write tons and tons of little movie reviews on Facebook, which then get kind of linked to, to Twitter. So I try and do every... Uh, every movie that I I see, which is a lot, but then I went to see the Oscar shorts, like the animated ones and the live action ones and the documentary ones, and it's like, oh my god, fifteen reviews, and I got to make a choice of <laughs> <laughs> which one I think is is gonna win. Um, so sometimes I fall behind. <laughs> well, thanks for coming down here, man, and really sharing. It was yeah. really cool to get somebody that worked behind the scenes on this film. Give us some, uh, it, you know, insider oh, info. So, so yeah. great. It was mm -hmm. uh, like I learned a lot on this episode. I mean, and... want to thank Todd again for doing the animation for Earbuds, the podcasting documentary. Yes, he did. That's mm -hmm. right. You guys didn't know that the animated scene in the beginning of Earbuds is Todd Perry did this. Uh, he's a podcast fan. Um, so, and we're we have a, a feature project. We're all trying to. We do. Todd yeah, will be a part of it. A couple. Mm -hmm. We're working. Yeah, we got yeah. a couple. We're going. We're uh, we're pushing forward. Um, also, uh, Todd's going to do a uh, 
He doesn't know it yet, but he's going to do a movie recommendation for the uh, Patreon supporters at the $5 Yes, level. he is. A movie <laughs> recommendation. Yes. Think about it. Wow. <laughs> you have five seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's our episode. Old or new or anything. whatever. It could be anything. Yep. <laughs> so go to Patreon at the $5 level. You'll hear Todd um, be forced at gunpoint to give this. Uh, yes. Pay- <laughs> <laughs> Please. He thought he was done. Nope, you're not done. <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody, here at ATC. Um, my name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han shot first. Killmonger. <laughs> that was great.